Hello, and welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, rate, review, and subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We want to hear your thoughts on the movies and shows we review. Leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or our YouTube channel, and we will read them during the show. Or reach out to us on social media. We love talking all things entertainment and pop culture with you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hi, Ashley. Hello, darling. How are you? Oh, I'm so great. We are going to recap one of my favorite movies this year. The Little Mermaid 2023 is a kid's family musical. It is two hours and 21 minutes rated PG. Here's a quick summary. The youngest of King Triton's daughters and the most defiant, Ariel, longs to find out more about the world beyond the sea. And while visiting the surface, falls for a dashing Prince Eric. While mermaids are forbidden to interact with humans, Ariel must follow her heart. She makes a deal with the evil sea witch, Ursula, which gives her a chance to experience life on land, but ultimately places her life and her father's crown in jeopardy. This movie was released July 25th, 2023. And here's the cast. We have the incomparable Hallie Bailey as Ariel. Jonah Huer King as Prince Eric. We have Javier Bardem as King Triton. Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. Davy Diggs as Sebastian. Jacob Toombley as Flounder. And Aquafina as Scuttle. The director is Rob Marshall. And screenwriter, we have David McGee. The screenwriter, he has some hits. He wrote Life of Pi, Finding Neverland, and The School of Good and Evil. I thought that was interesting. Very. Rotten Tomatoes. Critics gives this movie 67%. The audience gives this movie 94%. However, Google users gave this movie 54%. Ashley, what's your grade for... The Disney live action, The Little Mermaid. That was racism on Google. I gave this film an A. I loved seeing this in theaters. Like the big kid that I am had to go support and sit amongst the children and enjoy something that I have been loving since I was a kid. Little Mermaid ranks really high amongst my favorite Disney films of all time and part of your world especially Hallie's rendition, really touched my whole soul. I loved that I did not remember everything. So certain elements of the story still kind of pleasantly surprised me. And so it kept me throughout the entirety of the movie. Visually, I thought it was even better than I had expected it to be. I think we talked about that when we microdosed it. I had not been super thrilled when I looked at the trailers, but watching it in theaters, I was like, oh, it's visually stunning, you know, especially like under the sea and all of that. So it's an it's an A for me. A for simply delightful. What about you? It's an A for me as well. I actually have on my notes right now, visually stunning. 
I thought everything from the animation of Under the Water, the one thing about these Disney live actions for these very famous popular remakes, they try to make things very realistic, right? Compared to the animated counterpart. And I was a little apprehensive with when it came to Sebastian actually looking like a crab. (laughs) (laughs) Flounder looking like a real fish. But the attention to detail was magnificent, especially with Hallie's character, her fins and her hair, mm-hmm. the flow, the constant flow of it, it was just amazing. And I really enjoyed the story we we were able to get from this particular movie that we'll talk more about after the spoiler alert. I did love the beginning of the film. It says, but a mermaid has no tears and therefore she suffers so much more. This is from the actual author of The Little Mermaid. I thought, oh my gosh, this is deep. (laughs) Well, because the original rendition was dark and people seem to forget Disney has romanticized these tales that were not romantic when they were originally written, right? That's why they always call it the American version, right? Like we love a good happy ending, but a lot of these stories are about consequences and repercussions, okay? The setup of this movie is very similar to the original. We start off with Prince Eric, who is an adventurer out at sea. They're talking about the lore of the Little Mermaid. What I love about his character in this film is that he is full of wonderlust. The things that are different about this rendition is Prince Eric is adopted by a Black woman, Ashley. (laughs) That was something I did not have on my bingo card and I think it's interesting that they decided to do this what were they trying to say in your opinion with this film casting his mother in the role because we did not have this character in the original film do you think they were trying to make a nod to maybe this island in the Caribbean was not colonized yep I think they wanted exactly. I think they knew that people watching this rendition, because I said that before, that when I first saw the book, I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is he from England? Like, have I not realized all this time what's happening here? And so then when you realize his mama is black and all this and that, I was like, oh, okay. Yep. I get you. I see what we're doing here. You're making him a man who happens to be white, right? Like, he's, he's a good egg type vibe is what I was getting. Also, you know, relevancy diversity because you even see that amongst triton's children right like there was an effort put into diverse casting across the board with this rendition my only counterpart to his mama being black is she still had a british accent you you know what i'm trying to say yes but that could mean that that they were once occupied by the british and so she took on that accent, but then give us us free. And she's been ruling independently ever since. I mean, they obviously in the kids movie did not dwell on any of these things. No. I remember articles coming out when the movie came. I like, oh, they should have talked more about slavery and what would have been going on at the time in a Disney film. I appreciated the effort and I agree. I don't need to know all of that. And and then it also makes me upset because it's like there's always an automatic association with black people to 
slavery in this, this is particular a, time. This is a magical world we're in, right? There are yes. mermaids. There are mer people. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is not reality. Oh so I don't give it the real lens of life from that perspective either. I think that's another thing. It's escapism. It's fantasy. Absolutely. And this sweet prince who has a drive for the unknown so happens to have been adopted by a Black woman. So I'm here for it. <laughs> Let's go into the sea. Triton is holding court with his daughters of the seven seas and Ariel is missing. I think what's interesting about this particular aspect of the movie that differs from the original is it's essentially putting these young women in power and doing something in their community, so to speak, right? So I think that was also very intentional because it's it's giving save our seas, you know, whenever we see the <laughs> sisters together. What did you think about Ariel's sisters? Again, the diversity is what I noted when I first saw it because I was like, oh, but it also makes sense because you think about the diversity of human beings on land. And I was like, oh, yes. of course that would translate to if there were mer people, the diversity that would be found within the ocean and how vast the ocean is and what different areas would look like and all those things. So I thought it was interesting from like culture and like a cultural perspective, but I definitely get the idea too that they were giving th- given things to do. Like we're not just here sitting up in daddy's kingdom waiting yes. on our princess to come along. Like, no, exactly. we rule. We have power. We're over here taking care of our business and we're coming together for a meeting. And a family meeting is like a meeting meeting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. We meet Ariel. She also is full of wonder and adventure and obsessed with the human world. She has her friends with her, Scuttle and Flounder, and they get into shenanigans. I think it's interesting for this particular version that Scuttle is no longer a seagull, but a northern guinnet. (laughs) And I think that's pretty cool because it's kind of in line with the storyline of the first time she actually reached the surface is when she met Prince Eric on the celebration with the fireworks. Like this particular bird can swim in the water and tell her about all the gifts, mixing and gadgets and things <laughs> that she had. I was wondering why the new version of the bird went underwater because it's a different type of bird. Makes total sense. I did wonder that. I was like, I don't remember Scuttle ever dipping up underneath the water and catching fish, but sure. This bird actually can do that. I'm like, they really were out here refreshing this story because let's keep it 1000. The Little Mermaid is one of my favorite animated movies of all time, period. But it's also quite toxic. (laughs) If you want to be a feminist, right? A young woman is obsessed with this boy that she met by happenstance and is willing to give her voice to be with him. Powerful. Again, we live in a day and age where we're still fighting for rights over our bodies, right? Let alone our voices. We're trying to still be heard. So how did I get on that? Let me get off my my soapbox. Um <laughs> But she's different from her sisters in that 
she wants to be a part of their world. She decides to finally break to the surface and she is just completely enthralled by all the men on this boat and that furry dog. And unfortunately, a storm rolls in, the ship wrecks, Ariel saves Eric. One of the new aspects of the story is that she is indeed a siren and her song brought him back to life. Love that. I love that as well. Are they trying to reappropriate sirens? <laughs> I mean, I think I just had never even heard of that aspect of like mermaid lore when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about sirens. Like I remember the mermaids even in Hook being yes. beautiful and all these mm-hmm. things, right? And so I didn't start hearing about like the potential manipulation that mermaids could have and that they could use that to persuade people and all this stuff into like later projects and so as an adult I'm like oh yeah I like the reference to it because it gives you a little bit again like the folklore the fantasy just giving you more about like mermaid lore that we've heard about and other things that just wasn't a part of the the animated version of it because the animated version was bubblegum you know very much so in this version we finally get confirmation that Triton and Ursula are indeed siblings. And we still didn't get a clear answer on why Ursula was banished. The assumption is that she probably was practicing dark magic. Yeah, that's what I assumed. I was like, it's probably, you know, witchcraft and all of that. Witchcraft and wizardry, right? And there's no place (laughs) for that in the kingdom. So you have to go. Exactly. And she sees that the youngest of her nieces is obsessed with a mortal and she was going to use that to her advantage. King Triton is upset with Ariel because she's all out here not doing her job appropriately. Again, speaking to saving the seas, her and her sisters are cleaning up shipwrecks and complaining about carelessness of humans. I almost wonder why she still was obsessed with the human world, even in light of the personal tragedy of her home life. I think it was just more so the unknown and the rebellion of being told something that you just absolutely cannot do. And yet it's there and it's glaring. And it's like her response was, but that was one person. And so you're trying to tell me that all the people are bad just because of one person. So I think it was a, it was a little bit of that mixture of like, it's an unknown that I want to know more about and you're denying me that. And also, you know, I'm going through my teenage years and I'm coming into my own and I'm trying to figure out who I am and what I want. And there's this big mystery hanging over me. Like imagine if we were told our whole lives, like never go into the water. Eventually you're gonna be like, but why not? I'm gonna go at least dip my toe in that water. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like at some point, if somebody tells you long enough, like don't, 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 you're gonna reach a point. You're like, hmm. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a play in those waters a little bit because I just don't understand. So I think that's what it was. And that's the thing. All these Disney princesses are teenagers. They're children. True. So true. So they're going through that period of life. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of the music here. Haley's version of Part of Your World has been a juggernaut this year, frankly, when it comes to like its popularity. I'm not going to lie. I wanted her to make it her own, but again, the original was so near and dear that any changes to it had me a little nervous, Mm -hmm. but I feel like this song has made such an impression that I've seen this on the internet multiple times. People are singing Hallie's version. 
It's beautiful. I mean, it it's not a complete difference transition away from the original, but the certain ways that she does her notes, especially towards the end of the song, um, just added such a great flavor and flair to it to me. And she has a beautiful singing voice. I mean, she got cast in this after the director, right, heard her and Chloe's performing at an award show together. So it was her voice that locked in the role in the first place. So there's no denying that she was going to take this and make it amazing. And from the recorded version to the live versions that we've seen, voice has never faltered. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like Absolutely. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Chanel. One of the things that really pissed me off on people who didn't want to give her a chance in the role, they wanted to say, like, she's not unrealistically a redhead (laughs) and a white girl. But I'm like, Ariel is known for her voice. And one thing that Hallie has is that voice, you know? Her song is actually higher than the original. And I didn't think that was possible. (laughs) (laughs) Hallie be hitting them notes, okay? Yes, 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 yes. There was a yearning song for Prince Eric in these Disney remakes. A lot of the counterparts get songs. So the Beast got a song from the Beauty and Beast remake as well as the Latin. And we have Uncharted Waters here for Eric. I have to say, out of the newer songs in this version, I didn't love this one. I didn't, it didn't hit. For me. It didn't it didn't move me either. It did not move me either. <laughs> That's all I'll say. <laughs> and there is this one part musically, like the, the strings on the song is fire, but shout out to Jonah. I appreciate the work, the emotion he put in that song. It's just it just wasn't a favorite song for me personally. <laughs> so Sebastian is under Ariel Watch and you know, he becomes a snitch and tells King <laughs> Triton about Ariel's collections and things. And of course, Triton destroys everything. Ariel is completely distraught and she seeks hope in an unexpected place. Her auntie Ursula. We've talked about Melissa McCarthy's performance in our previous microdose, Ashley. But is there anything you like to expound on in our recap watching it again she was amazing like I really enjoyed her as a villain like even my mom said she was like I don't think I've ever seen her as a villain she's been like a morally bad character before but never like a villain like this yes so true and she I mean she nailed it for me like I really really enjoyed Melissa McCarthy in this role and even though she didn't have that that deep voice of the original mm-hmm. actress who portrayed Ursula. Yeah. Um, it didn't take away from the the songs or anything like that. Like you poor unfortunate soul. Oh, I lived. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I just I thought she did phenomenal as as Ursula. I enjoyed her portrayal. She didn't do some of the things that the original had in terms of she's like what am I gonna do without my voice she's like you got your looks your pretty face and you can't underestimate the benefits of body language they took all of that out of this version (laughs) actually they put more emphasis on the curse and pretty much she needed to give blood (laughs) for Ursula to take her voice for payment and essentially 
you have to kiss this man in three days and then curse her to forget about it yeah i didn't remember was that in the original did she forget no. about it okay no. i didn't remember that she did either so interesting i thought that was an interesting i i, I almost wonder if they were trying to show like a different motivation for ariel you know going on land is her goal wasn't to kiss a boy it was to get to know him kind of deal mm-hmm. but and also to show how sinister ursula truly is right <laughs> and she tasked her with something but she can't even remember the task so it's much more likely that you're going to accomplish your goal and it also shows ariel's charm that she still almost got it done without you <laughs> exactly I absolutely loved all the land material in this movie. I asked David, I was like, Dave, do you have any comments on the live action Little Mermaid? We're going to be recapping it. And he pretty much said, I honestly don't know why it was as long as it was. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's Dave's two cents. (laughs) It's longer than the original, but I believe part of that is due to the fact that we get more scenes like Mm -hmm. i just love ariel and eric checking out the village and getting to know and dance with the people i loved the diversity of the people on the island girl this song better be officially oscar nominated for best original song first time written by the talented lynn manuel miranda Helly does such a fantastic job on this song. Out of the new songs, this is obviously my favorite. Ashley, do you have a favorite out of the new songs? We have Uncharted Waters for the first time and then Scuttlebutt. Scuttlebutt was funny. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I can't say I have a favorite amongst the new ones because the OGs are still the ogs you know what i'm saying that's what right. me, yeah that's what made me fall in love with little mermaid like it's hard to compete with the things that capture you as a child i've said i say this all the time but it just really is i mean a part of your world has a very special place in my heart so i still sing it to this day regularly one thousand you know? random what oh and when i sing it i have to finish it like i told <laughs> Like there have been times we work from home together and I'm making my coffee and I start singing the song and I'm like, oh no, I'm I'm finishing this song and I'm hitting all the notes because there's no way I'm just going to stop mid song. But for the first time, oh my goodness, when she, she says, he's coming through those stairs, up the shore, on the star, oh, oh. She kills it. And then it's the emotional side where she says scared for the first time. You know, I thought it did a wonderful job giving us the internal narrative that she was going through being finally a part of this world, but this Mm -hmm. world being so different from what she has come to know and love. I love her sense of adventure. I think so many of us operate out of fear in Girl, a lot of aspects of her life based decisions okay yeah. and so her freedom and her exploration and her excitement just was really refreshing like girl you ain't never been on nobody's wagon and you up here riding these horses <laughs> like you got a death wish possibly about to go over a cliff but you're living your best life i'm not saying to Eating do that soap i'm not everything. saying to do that but i'm saying that <laughs> that spark of adventure excited me for her i was like girl live your best life but if you think about it that's what we admire about 
people who do extraordinary things. They do things that people are typically afraid to do. People talk about us having our podcast and the fact that we actually own our voices and put it out for the world Mm -hmm. (laughs) to hear. That's a terrifying thought for some people. You know what I mean? And so... And it doesn't mean you have an absence of fear. It means that you pursue things even though you have fear. Preach. Preach, Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) Go deep on a little mermaid. So deep. (laughs) You know, I was preparing for this recap and I'm just like, this is a pretty straightforward story. So we need to fill in. (laughs) We got to add a little bit of color with our commentary. That's pretty much what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Yeah. I feel you. Because this would have been over in 25. (laughs) 10. It could have been done in 10. She left the ocean. She fell in love. She was cursed. The curse was lifted. And happily ever after. (laughs) Ashley, we talked about this in our recap of ever after. How we got a chance to see the development of the relationship between the two protagonists in the film. Shout out to Hallie and Jonah because they had incredible chemistry. Because let's let's not lie. Beauty and the Beast, I love Hermione and everything, but it was a hint. Aladdin was cute, but again, it didn't do anything for me. I don't even remember feeling anything with Aladdin. But then again, I love the animated Aladdin so much. that It was really hard for them to compete with the animated version of Aladdin for me on that. You know, a beast is hard to love a beast. Facts. <laughs> hard to build chemistry with something that looks like an animal. But sure. Sure. Uh, if anything. This, I think I ended up enjoying my favorite scene was on the boat. And I was yes. like, you know what? The notebook stole this from the little mermaid because that scene on the water with Allie and Noah where all the birds are surrounding them I was like yeah y'all stole that it just hit me y'all stole this whole we falling in love on a boat even though they were already in love whatever from little mermaid I love this so I don't much. know if that's true it's just what I was thinking when I was watching it this time <laughs> So like that that looks like very similar yes i was like that looks very similar to me from the scene from the notebook with ali and noah so love very that cute. the closest live action couple that had decent chemistry was the cinderella version and even with that ariel and eric wins in my personal opinion because i felt like eric really was obsessed and i was here for it because <laughs> Black women deserve to be loved, okay? Do <laughs> um, you think it's true that men fall in love with women who look like their mothers? Because is that, is it, you know, his mama a Black woman? So, of course, he going to fall for a Black woman? No, because that's not the case in my life. So, no. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> but, but to love a Black woman, you know what I mean? It's, I, I highly recommend it, okay? <laughs> I digress. As I was saying about the ever after, we got a chance to see multiple encounters. They were actually able to develop a relationship. And here in The Little Mermaid, even though she didn't have a voice, we got a chance to see their connection in this library visit. 
and it's actually one of my favorite scenes the way that he was so attentive to her and she was able to be so charming despite not being able to speak teaching him how to blow a seashell and uncovering gems I love that so much in in that scene they also did some foreshadowing in that scene as well with having maps of where they are and maps of uncharted land. So there's a theme of uncharted waters, uncharted lands, etc. And going back to Kiss the Girl, the part that had me rolling was her trying to teach him her name, talking about Aries, <laughs> Ariel. I'm like, that's a bit of a stretch, but sure. <laughs> I don't know enough of the stars to even be that clever. So I was like, good for you, girl. Were you learning this in the sea? Is there school? The internet never forgets and is also undefeated. And the comparisons of animated Eric to the live action one has been a joy to watch. Because the the animated Eric was a little bit of a jerk a little bit. You know what I mean? In that scene where he was trying to figure out her name, he was like, oh, that's kind of cute. Excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he was just, you know, a little sarcastic, which I don't mind a little sarcasm in my man. So maybe maybe y'all making Eric dry. And in reality, he was just, it was a little humor. He was just, you know, (laughs) that's a little cute, you know, a little little spice, throwing a little spice on it. Can't give too much away. Oh my gosh. Well, Eric is pretty much ready to give up all the searching because that's the thing I didn't mention up before. After he was saved by the girl with the angelic voice, he and his soldiers were searching for her high and low. You know, his search kind of slowed down when Ariel came to shore. That kiss almost happened, courtesy of Sebastian and them singing Kiss the Girl. And Ursula decides, you know what? I'm going to put this in my own hands. She... Shows up as Vanessa and brainwashes Eric. We get the new song Scuttlebutt where Scuttle and friends sing about Prince Eric getting married. We find out all the tea. I appreciate Scuttle. All the tea. Mm -hmm. Seriously. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that in this movie, it kind of sounded like he felt obligated to marry her marry the girl with the voice because she saved his life type of deal. Um, But, you know, Ariel's upset. To your point, she had used the the void, the siren, to manipulate him into going in this direction, right? She had, she clouded Eric's mind and made him think this is what he wanted. But I was really excited to see Vanessa. I was like, who's going to play real human Ursula? I was so excited. I thought she did phenomenal. I was going to say she did not disappoint, okay? She was fantastic, especially when she goes and she's like by herself and you hear her voice come out. I was like, oh, fabulous. Fabulous. And shout out to Haley and that like eerie gothic sounding situation. I was here for it. Again, in this version, Ariel has been very self-sufficient because she fights Vanessa to get her voice back. And guess what? She was a little too late. So this is where the comparisons between Eric's come up again. So in the movie, in the cartoon, when Ariel changes back into a mermaid, Eric just stands there and she's like reaching out like, Eric, whereas in this version, he takes her in both arms and very protective of her, which again, greatly appreciated. Definitely an upgrade. 
but it just tickles me so much like y'all if you ever have time just google this mess it'll it'll have you cackling but y'all go y'all go so hard on these things imagine if you fell in love with somebody and then they turned into a fucking creature <laughs> like can my guy have a minute to process god damn like he's can he be can he be a normal human being to have two seconds to be like damn she just turned into a fucking fish like y'all are like this is normal you know like, she just said something normal she whole transformed and then Ursula up here turned into a a freaking octopus what y'all expect him to do oh my gosh y'all gotta chill man y'all oh my goodness chill. Even on Splash, Tom Hanks didn't know what to do with Daryl Hannah's ass when he found out true. she was a mermaid. Y'all gotta so give true. people a minute. Even his mama was like, oh God, she's a sea creature. I was like, yes, that's the reaction you have. <laughs> that's, like, oh my gosh. Oh man, Ursula thinks she won. King Triton was willing to fight her, but of course her contract with Ariel was official and legal. He gives up his Triton to save his daughter and his life, apparently, in this version. Ursula is mad with power and wants to take everyone out. Ariel saves the day in this version. She has the winning blow. Eric would have drowned. Let's be honest. Eric ain't surviving that damn cyclone in the ocean. (laughs) Like Eric out here fighting for his whole life. He would have drowned, but again, Disney magic. So glad he made it. Where were the other mermaids and people while this cyclone was happening? What's going on? Where's everybody? Where's my backup? Exactly. Where's the soldiers? You, you are the king. You are a princess. But the big bad is taking out. What was she hoping to accomplish? Like, I understand you're upset, but what's yeah. the point? What? I didn't get that either. Them ugly eels. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> They're little minions. And as I mentioned, Ariel saves the day, but she isn't automatically transformed into a human just yet. And for whatever reason, there was just time in between the big fight and Triton transforming Ariel. Like everybody was pining. Eric was pining in the ocean. She was pining at him on land. I don't know what that delay was all about, Ashley. Did you did you pick that up? Well, I guess Triton's still wrapping his head around the inevitability of what he was about to do based on what him and Sebastian talked about. But you know, my mom said it made so much sense. She was like, so he's had the car to turn her into a human this whole time. The whole time. I was like, yeah. The whole time. Yeah, he really did. This movie did deprive me of a fabulous dress moment of Ariel coming out of the water. My biggest gripe with how they did my girl Ariel is giving her one blue dress. I was like, so we just going to make her wear the same dress for like three days. Exactly. It's rude. No color variety or anything. It's just rude. She didn't been, it's been torn up. It's been floating in the sea. <laughs> same dress. Let's talk about her hair, Ashley. What did you think about their choice in red? Since we've both been redheads. Still redheads. <laughs> I just got my ish touched up. Okay. We still rocking the red. I'm going to go low tones next time I get my hair colored. But what I did lo- you think about the choice? You know, I love the red. I love, love, love it. Now at the end, the roots. It was red. It was bright. And the hair was like blonder. So I was like. Yep. That started to look a little weird, but throughout, like, especially when she was coming out of the water, 
It gave me what I needed. It had body. It had flow. It was beautiful. In the water, beautiful. Obviously, for me, this whole thing about non-Black redheads, that's a lie. Some Black people, being a redhead is a recessive gene. Exactly. Some Black people are born redheads. My girl, Soteria, is a Black redhead. I have a whole bunch of cousins who are redheads. I mean, legit redheaded Black folk. Yes. Came out the womb. What's up, Soteria, if you listen? But- I just don't understand this idea. So I thought she looked amazing. I thought she looked beautiful. I can't believe how much it costs when you mentioned that the hair was six figures when we talked about this previously. That's crazy. But I I thought she wore it well. I wish that if y'all gonna let her wear it, like give me, give me some, give me one glam moment. Like at the end, instead of pulling it up, like give me one beautiful, like y'all give me full hair moment. I agree. I do think the reason why it was blonder was because, you know, she was in water before and on land in those hot climates, everybody's hair starts turning blonde the more you're Mm -hmm. in the sun. Mm -hmm. Also with her hair, it's so funny. It's second nature now, but it was such a big deal that her hair was locked. And I love that because again, if they were going to act like this was some Caribbean island, the likelihood of someone having locked hair was was high. <laughs> and also, she's black. So exactly. let her hair look like how her hair would look if she were swimming yes. around in the ocean without exactly. a hairdresser, right? As a black Listen. woman, that hair ain't about to be straight. No. Okay? Surprise, it wasn't even real fuller locks because she has some wisps of straight yes. pieces in there. But if nah, that w- it would be locked up, baby. So I love the inclusion of of the hairstyle choice and all of that. I agree. All right, Ashley, what are your final thoughts on Little Mermaid 2023? Love Halle Bailey. Love this opportunity she had to become Black Little Mermaid. And all of the videos we got a chance to see leading up to this ball of the little Black and Brown children who just got their heart filled. I felt it and I'm grown. So love this representation, love this version, love the music, like I said, and all the, I saw when I rewatched it this last time, the Alvin Ailey Dance Company being a part of the movement that they found under the sea sea version. And I just love, love, love that. And so all the effort that went into this, kudos to y'all for sure. Give my girl Hallie more than one dress in the future. But other than that, (laughs) good job. Do you think they'll do any sequels? We talked about this before. I didn't even remember that there was an animated sequel. Yes. And it's not necessary for me. If y'all choose to do it, I'll still support it, but I don't need it. It'll be really expensive and I don't know if they'll do it. There are reports now saying that Little Mermaid didn't make as much money as initially thought because it was actually over budget. And they believe a lot of it had to do with all the COVID protocols that were in place, as well as the animative work. I'm looking at Forbes right now. It says Disney sinks 300 million into over budget Little Mermaid movie. And this came out literally last week. So it's a cultural moment. I think it's fine. <laughs> I think it'll be fine. Um, we have to also remember that the Little Mermaid, once it became available on streaming, that it broke records. It was the most viewed Disney movie premiere ever, garnering 16 million views in the first five days. 
nice. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> it's gonna be Disney okay. will. I think. I think Disney and Bob will be just fine. Girl, Bob. Uh my final thoughts on this film. It means so much to me as a little black girl growing up loving the original and to finally have some representation in this live action movie with a well-deserved Little Mermaid. Again, Hallie's voice is just otherworldly. Seriously. What actress or singer is doing it like her right now? Them notes. No one. That's who. <laughs> That's who. And it has just been so special for me to share this with my daughter. She is in bed right now with Little Mermaid Lovey. We call them Loveys. <laughs> and her lunchbox is Little Mermaid. And her little mugs are Little Mermaid with Heli face on it. So it's just, it's beautiful. I loved it. It is a bit long. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw it twice in the theaters. You know, I was going to do it a third time because my mom didn't see it for a while. I was like, do I need to go see this movie with you? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to give that money to the theaters for this. Okay. (laughs) Box office. Absolutely. Well, Ashley, if there's nothing else, time for Hidden Gems. All right. I have two. One that I watched a little while back and one that I'm just finishing up. So my first one is you are so not invited to my bat mitzvah. (laughs) This is on Netflix. This was so cute. This was the Sandler family, literally his daughters. His wife is in this, but she does not play his wife. Adina Menzel plays his wife. Uh, But... It focuses She's always on in when, his movies, though. It's always is, funny. Always. Yeah. But it focuses on the youngest daughter and obviously her about to have her bar mitzvah and her relationship with her best friend and, you know, the delicacy of that age and boys and friendship and all that sort of stuff. I think they said that it was his highest, like, watched Netflix film to date. And I was like, I love that because it was such a family friendly film for him, but it was also really good. Like I really enjoyed it. Um, I have not loved, loved Adam Sandler's latest like batch of films. I think the last one I loved, loved was like, just go with it with Jen Aniston. And so I like the one that we recapped the basketball one. Well, I don't even, I guess I should specify more of like his comedies, not necessarily like, I think his more serious, I haven't even seen uncut gems, but I've heard rave reviews about his performance. Right. Same. Like, I think just like we were talking about with Kevin Hart, sometimes when comedians take those dramatic turns, it's like, Oh, you're actually really good. You know what I'm saying? 2022 hustle yeah so i'm just talking about if his like comedic performances in the latter years but i really really enjoyed this one and i think it's worth a watch for sure and then my second one i'm just finishing up episode four it's beckham documentary series on netflix and yes (laughs) i was much more interested in his relationship with victoria than his soccer soccer football career (laughs) in history but that's just me because i'm not a big soccer football fan I you mean, know, he married Posh Spice, so yeah. that's why we care. <laughs> yeah, and like the dynamics of that, and how infatuated he was with her, uh, so early in their relationship, it was just it was their relationship was adorable the way it was discussed in the documentary series. But I just learned a lot in general. Like I said, I wasn't, I didn't come for the for the soccer, but certain things like how the country turned against him at one point in in Britain, and it was crazy. Like the way they treated him, I was like, oh, I never knew any of this. And one of my friends, I was telling my mom, is so big into soccer and he 
sorry, I should say football, is so big into football and told me that like David Beckham is not all that. And I was like, oh, the way I've always thought about it in pop culture, like David Beckham is that guy. But apparently like in the world of like true like football fans, he's, you know, you got the Cristiano Ronaldo's and Messi and all these people who I guess people put above David Beckham in terms of like career and achievements. But I'm like, interesting pop culture, like David Beckham, Bend it like Beckham. You know what I'm saying? Like David Beckham is a is a staple in that regard. So for and those of us who are not fine. exactly like in our early he is early such a cutie. we were teens. Like their oh outfits goodness. they wore to their wedding. I'm like, who wear shit like this? Like only I y'all mean, could get he away had with this. Fade and earrings. I was like, who is this white boy? Like you know when he know. first cut his hair, it was so controversial. Like it was like an act of rebellion. <laughs> and I'm like, amazing. exactly. He looked fantastic right and he's such a cute and he's so into like fashion like he used to spend his whole paycheck on fashion watches and gucci like designers that and all this so stuff funny. he sounds so, like a rapper but he also <laughs> you see why he married posh spice right like you see why they were a good fit because they yes. have that that whole thing in common but again i don't want to give everything away but it's definitely a good opportunity to dive into things that at least for me I've never heard about and I've never gotten a chance to see. So I'm enjoying it. Four episodes, pretty quick binge. If you want to watch it, go for it. Delora, what are your hidden gems? I have two this week and there are books. This is in line with our recap. Disney has an imprint with Penguin Random House that has these stories that we have come to know and love, but reimagined for adults. And so these are real life (laughs) romance novels with the premise of classic Disney films. So the two that I'm recommending that I've read so far, because there's four right now, and it's a part of the Meant to Be series. Book one is If the Shoe Fits by Julie Murphy. It follows a curvy blonde hair young lady looking for her prince charming so so to speak and she's a part of a bachelor <laughs> type competition and it's just a unique twist to I am getting a little story. bit back into the bachelor because I watched a little bit of the golden bachelor just out of curiosity wait so. wait wait it's on my list watching the golden black oh i've only watched a little bit of the premiere episode like i'm not deep into it at all i was okay. only like i gotta see what his what is going is on like and what and these are they gonna are be like. going to bed because you know in these senior citizen homes they be getting it in Girl, okay i live in florida we have the villages here i'm very aware that they be getting it in <laughs> also i guess i can make this my hidden gem too i've been watching dance with the stars and there are a few celebrities quote unquote that i'm like who are these people who are you but they're social media stars and i think that's intentional for for them trying to expand the roster so to speak i watched the premiere episode and i was like this is definitely not my favorite batch of talent no but Jason Mraz is actually a, a dark horse anytime you have a singer or entertainer I'm like they're gonna win like this is but what they do dancing. that doesn't it does not he has presence though there's an undeniability True. to someone who that's what they they're an entertainer for a living it's hard to deny but yes he also has some moves Net, no one is very spies to me than the Neve from Catfish 
my favorite dark horse oh my god ever (laughs) that's amazing him and jenna seriously were such a great pair so good okay and book two in this meant to be series and this is loosely based off of the beauty and the beast story it's called by the book and this is written by jasmine guillory one of my favorite one of my first she was my gateway drug into romance (laughs) (laughs) novels and it's it's um about a young black woman who again is in publishing and this grumpy celebrity is writing a memoir and she's supposed to help him with it and they write a book together and of course fall in love because let's face it this is romance and there is always a happily ever after aspect to it so I thought it would be fun to make those my hidden gems um since we just did a Disney movie and you know me and my books (laughs) very 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 nice I love the literary world getting continual play with some of our projects lately the other black girl we just did yeah set in the world of publishing literary yep. publishing love it we had we never recapped younger but obviously that whole series was set in the world of literary publishing so keep making books people the bow type that was magazine oh, yeah magazines which i still love a good magazine for some reason they send essence magazines with my name on it to my mother's house i don't know why but <laughs> like sure. who's paying for this exactly <laughs> You know, I went to Essence Fest. Y'all had my address. I don't know what's happened, but true. it's all good. It's no shade, Essence. I love y'all. All right, guys, that's it for us today. We're going to get out of here. Hope you enjoyed this live action version of Little Mermaid. If you have not watched it, it is on Disney+. Plus. Enjoy. We will be back with more. In the meantime, as always, be blessed. Bye.